Hey guys, welcome back to you to the You Gotta Love Love podcast. If you can tell I'm messing up already, that's a sign that we have a wonderful interview getting ready to happen. I always get very excited when we're having an interview happen and I don't know, I don't know what happens to me, but you know what I'm not going to do this time? I'm not going to forget my husband, my co-host, <laughs> but let me introduce myself first. This is Team Allen in the building. This is one half of Team Allen, Michelle Allen, and I'm here with my handsome co-host. Hello, guys. Hello, guys. It's <laughs> Elliot Allen here again on the You Gotta Love Love podcast. As my beautiful wife stated, we are ready to go. We're pretty excited. We're going to have some dynamite guests on the show today. So we're both super excited about that. Yes. And so I'm going to give it to you just to give our opening statements. And we're going to, we're going to, we, listen, we're going to really rock and roll today. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. So you guys know my usual disclaimer, which is that Ellie and I are not um, marriage therapists, licensed therapists, counselors, psychologists, psychiatrists. We're just people who love love and we love sharing our experiences with love and other people's experiences with love. So please take and leave what you feel you need to for your relationship. Um, every relationship is different. So do what you feel is best for you. If that's counseling and you need to seek professional help, seek professional help. If you listen to the last episode or one of the last few episodes, I've been stressing that there is no, nothing wrong with trying to get professional help. If that's what you feel your marriage needs, then do so and do so proudly. <laughs> okay. So um, we are here and I'm going to let hubby introduce our guest for today. <laughs> So I got to slow down and say that this is my first time being able to actually introduce the guest. Well, because you usually know. my lovely wife introduces <laughs> the guests. So maybe I got a little bit of a promotion here today, <laughs> uh, which I'm kind of excited about. But I guess she gave it to me because I have a little bit more of a background this time. Usually they started off and my wife questions the guests as to how they met. Even though, again, my wife was the initial contact here. So I, wanna, I do want to give her that credit. Very true. Um, but... Let me just introduce our guest, and I'm going to go a little bit further than that. Um, we are very, very, very excited and is elated to bring uh, the beautiful, uh, the dynamite couple, Mr. Mike Dorsey and his lovely wife, Maisha Dorsey. Let's give a round of applause. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to welcome. the podcast, Welcome guys. to the podcast. So I'm going to give a quick, quick, quick background on um, how this came about. Um, my wife met Mike uh, on Instagram, mm -hmm. online, mm -hmm. and because Mike has his podcast, which is Black Fathers Now Podcast. So this is also a first that we're actually interviewing someone who also has a podcast. So right. that's this is, this is a first for us. So we're doing a lot of things, you know, virgin-like here today. <laughs> Uh-oh, we're married now. Come on. So, on this side. You're right, right. <laughs> so um, what happened was, you know, Michelle met Mike, and she thought that Mike and I would be uh, make a pretty good connection. Obviously, everybody knows about the mental con conditioning movement, which is actually another arm to the mental conditioning movement. And she introduced me to Mike, and Mike and I talked on the phone, talked on the phone, and immediately he and I had just a, a really, 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 really good connection. And we went ahead and we did his uh, podcast, which is Black Fathers Now podcast, which is, again, was very, 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 very informative. And we're going to touch on some of that stuff today because, as I said, in the mental conditioning movement, uh, we focus a lot on family. Mm -hmm. And that's where the You Gotta Love Love podcast uh, was kind of grown in the concept of it, kind of mm -hmm. grown. And we really look for couples um, that really fit that mold. And they, in this couple right here, fit that mold. 
We're going to get into, of course, the, the usual stuff, but I want to also really, really get into uh, the family part of it. As I said, Mike has Black Fathers Now podcast, so obviously that's a connection right there. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a lot of meat and potatoes and macaroni. Oh, God. And we're going to get it all on the table today. It's a lot of starch. <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, again, how you guys doing? Let's just start with that. Everybody's good? I'm solid. Yeah, how about doing you? good. Doing good. Right. Thank <laughs> good. you for having us. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. I'm going to ask him the first. Okay. So the first question that we always start out with is, how did you guys meet? How did Team Dorsey come about? Mm-mm. Uh-oh. Now, do you want to you wanna give it? Uh-oh. You want me to go? Versions? Okay, it okay. Versions or one version? No, I don't want that. It's, it's one version. He tells it better. <laughs> okay. He tells it better. I guess I'm the talker here. <laughs> but, uh, but literally, um, we were hooked up. We were hooked up. And we got hooked up prior to this whole online dating thing. But, um... Long story short, what ended up happening, my wife, her best friend from college, her aunt is my godmother. Did did y'all catch all of that? My my godmother's niece is my wife's best friend from college. Okay. Okay. Be be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. So back to, this is 2005. I was living in Knoxville, Tennessee, and there was this girl living in Beaumont, Texas that I'd had no clue of. And so I'm originally from Augusta, Georgia. And so, you know, I would go periodically go back to Augusta to visit family. And one of the times visiting Augusta, I went to go see my godmother and my godmother was just talking about life and everything. And she was just like, Hey, Mike, have you ever met Kim's friend, Maisha? I was like, no, cause, cause you know, cause dig this when you're single, everybody's trying to hook you up with somebody, right? Like everybody got a granddaughter or a niece <laughs> or a cousin or somebody at their church or whatever. Right. You know, so you so you kind of get you get almost immune or numb to it because you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, that's fine, thank you. You know, because you're so used to it. I mean, I guess that's a testament to you being okay yourself, mm-hmm. but because they wouldn't introduce you, right? <laughs> if you weren't. But so she mentioned that to me, and it was kind of in passing. And then you know, I went on about my business, went back to Tennessee where I was current, where I'm currently living now. And my next time in Augusta, a couple of months later, my godmother was like, Mike, again, have you met Kim's friend, Maisha? I was like, no, why do I need to meet this Maisha chick? I, I mean, I don't know her. And she was like, well, she lives in Texas, but I think you need to meet her. She's cute. She's skinny. She's tall. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like okay, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> but, but either way, I still was just like, okay, whatever. You know, people are still trying to hook me up. I was leaving the gym about three weeks later. There was a voicemail on my cell phone and it said, Mike, this is your godmother, Pam. Her <laughs> name is Maisha Jones. <laughs> this is her number. She's expecting your call. I love it. And I'm just like, okay. But stuck you, now. <laughs> I'm stuck. <laughs> and so, you know, time passes, whatever. And eventually I do call her. And eventually, not right away, not right away. I mean, probably like a week or two later, you know, I gave her a call. I'm still, you know, I'm still the guy. Not convinced. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I mean, again, I'm still playing on this, you know, everybody trying to hook you up with somebody type deal, but I had a free evening. And so I picked the phone up and called (laughs) and (laughs) it was funny. It's like, because I mean, in essence, that's how everything got started. She was in Beaumont, Texas. I was in Knoxville, Tennessee. It started with a phone call. And three and a half years later, we got married. Mm, wow. Mm. wow! Wow! Yeah! Wow! So, what? What? What did that conversation go? 
How Man. did conversation go? <laughs> do, do, you, do you remember? I think, oh, it was, it was funny. It was kind of ironic. Like, weren't you, I think that was, she was in Beaumont, Texas. You know, Beaumont's near Houston, and they deal with a lot of hurricanes and all mm-hmm. of that. And so I believe you were currently, you were at the mall because you were evacuated, weren't you? Mm-hmm. So oh, they, yeah. this is in two. We, yeah. My, I was in Atlanta with my friend, the one that um, is the niece. So I was there with her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, because she was, yeah, she was in Atlanta hanging out with her because she had to evacuate from Beaumont due to, this was right after Hurricane Katrina. So this was Hurricane, the one that came, Hurricane Ike. Something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she had to evacuate. So she was actually, ironically, in Atlanta. Y'all were in the mall. It was Mm -hmm. at Phipps Plaza. Plaza. They were in the mall. And that was the moment that I called her. And she happened to, ironically, or not so ironically, Mm -hmm. be with her friend at the time in Atlanta when I just happened to call for the first time. Wow. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that was like, it was like a quick conversation because she was in the mall. She was kind of startled by it. She was like, this Mike Dorsey guy, who, who, who is this guy? <laughs> this guy right? And, uh, and it's funny because Kim, her friend. And I'll call you back. Yeah, she was like, I'll call you back. And uh, it was funny, her friend Kim at our wedding, she was the maid of honor at our wedding. And she mentioned that whole interaction and how she was <laughs> with her the moment that we actually talked for the first time and just Maisha's reaction was kind of like oh my goodness who is this guy calling me you know like what does he want you know like who who is who is your aunt Pam hooking me up with like who is you know (laughs) it was like this whole funny thing but long story short we literally later on that night or the next day you called me back Mm -hmm. or whatever it was either the next day or later that night or the next day the next day but we talked for like two or three hours that Mm -hmm. first conversation Mm -hmm. and um and literally, that was that was the the jump off, right? It was just just a literate started verbally. It started with just verbal communication. And I always let people know it's kind of interesting because this was an interesting time frame in the sense that this was before FaceTime, mm-hmm. this was before Skype, Facebook, was it before no Facebook, Facebook and no anything? Yeah, yeah, we had it was all verbal phone conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, we had AOL Instant Messenger that yeah. was like phasing out, it yeah. was phasing out at that point. But you know, like email was, I mean, we had email, but like it was like email me a picture, and, mm-hmm. like, it just wasn't instantaneous like it is now, right? Yeah. So, these folks doing all this long distance dating now, I'm like, y'all stop crying, y'all at least got FaceTime, yes, typing all me. that mess. I couldn't right. even see her if right. I wanted to, <laughs> real time. <laughs> Exactly. So mm-hmm. as we we as we wait wait okay. before you start, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's up, <laughs> Mike? Your godmother was on you. Yes, yes. She, she was on you to call yes. Maisha. Maisha, on your side, mm-hmm. was your family on you regarding him, or was that call really like, yo, who is this dude calling me? <laughs> it really was like a who. I mean, she had mentioned him, but not in because you know my family's all the way on a different coast so my I grew up in California in Los Angeles so you know I really didn't know I mean I heard a little bit about him but nothing I mean nothing you know where he's from you know his name and who he's related to so I knew that he was probably good people because it wasn't just a random stranger and like I knew his family and you know people around him so it wasn't totally like I'm meeting somebody on a website so um that's kind of how that went from initially, initially it, it. yeah. One of the things that we really try to get into on the You Gotta Love Love podcast is we really try to get into the mindsets of where we 
Mm. You guys are during the different stages. Mm-hmm. That because I want people to kind of see uh, how things develop. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's really important to people because sometimes, especially people who may be getting ready to get into relationships, they're like, oh, wow, you know what? I, I realized that that's how I'm feeling. And so you've got to get a sense of commonality. Yes. So let's, let's, let's start at the beginning there and, and backtrack a little bit just to say, Mike, and for Maisha, what was your mindset even before you guys spoke? So were you guys looking for relationships or were you coming out of relationships? Where were you mentally to say, like, I'm really, Mike, you talked about your family was kept trying to introduce you to somebody. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. Mind where you're like, I don't really want that. I was I not looking for that? And the same thing for you, Maisha. Well, let's go let you start because, you know, I well, had a little challenge. Well, for me, um, I... <laughs> You know, had just graduated college back in, well, in 2004, and I got my master's, and um, I took taking a new job in Texas. So, you know, I was just really in a me, you know, in a me world at that Living point. Living a best life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just doing me. I mean, I had bought my first townhouse. I purchased a new house the first time mm-hmm. and had a new job, you know, company car. And, your boy you know, came up. Look, your boy I came was up. Just, um, <laughs> wow. You know, just at a, I guess at a good place, you know, yeah. I was just living yeah. life and just experiencing life. things, you know, and really being away. I mean, I was always away at, you know, when I was in college away from family being close, but now it was the real world because it was like, I had bills and I had responsibilities, <laughs> you know, like real things going on. And so I think I was just working, just trying to really figure out what I, what I wanted to do. Like, this is, this is grown life. Like it kind of hits you in the face, grown life. So, you know, so I think I was just in a good place, just living life. So I guess I wasn't opposed to it and I wasn't, you know, just seeking it out either. You weren't looking, but you weren't not looking. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, on my end. (laughs) Slightly more complex. Slightly more complex. And and there was a reason why, you know, maybe there's not a maybe. There was an absolute reason why folks that were close to me, that loved me, that were really trying to introduce really solid, you know, a solid female option into my life. And that stems from uh, two years before meeting Maisha, I had just gotten out of a tumultuous relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so not to go into too many details with it, uh-huh. it was, um, you know, it was a relationship that started the end of my college years and kind of traversed after about a year, not even a year, a few months after. And it was one of those relationships in which, you know, I, I think that, you know, God kind of lets you know, or gives you scenarios that, you know, this may, or this is, this is, or is not the right situation for you. Mm-hmm. And I got numerous examples throughout the duration of this relationship that this was not the situation for me. Yes, right. sir. And, um, but you know, me being my early twenties and young and hard headed, you know, I'm like, no, that ain't real. Oh no, that's not, what's Mm -hmm. going on you know it's just like I try to justify and make exceptions for things and I had example after example after example Mm. that this was not the situation for me to be in and um eventually it culminated with a very almost tragic scenario that um that happened with that particular relationship and um it was one of those things where it was it was literally like a lifetime movie when you when you work it, it literally was it was it was it was that deep 
you know, it, um, and it was one of those things where it really shook me up personally from the standpoint of, you know, do I want to deal with relationships on this level? Do I want, you know, am I worthy? Um, you know, why is this stuff happening to me? I mean, it, it was it was a very tragic situation, not tragic, but it was a borderline tragic situation. And um, and so after coming through that tumultuous time, you know, I was ready to be free. I was like, give us us free from that moment. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm a star. Give us us free. And so I was like, bump that. I'm 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 chilling. I'm ready to be be that dude, right? And um, but that naturally is not me. Like I've always, if I look back through history, I've always been the type of cat that's always wanted. A relationship you know I really want always wanted somebody and mm-hmm. you know that's just who I am you know and so when I'm not in that mode that's not naturally who I am and so I think it's interesting how people around you that know you kind of sense that mm-hmm. and so people wanted to introduce me to nice women because they knew that's who I ultimately was and that's who I needed to have in my life so about two years after the the end of that previous relationship you know, it was, um, that was the time in which my godmother presented Maisha, and that was a gift from God. I will 100% say, um, and, and because, and, and I'll tell you why, um, because it's so amazing that, you know, it would not have happened if I had orchestrated it. Amen. So think about this. She's originally from Los Angeles. I'm originally from Augusta, Georgia, right? She went to college in Alabama. I went to college in Atlanta, Georgia. I was living in Knoxville, Tennessee. She was living in Beaumont, Texas. I had never physically seen or interacted with her. My godmother, who lived in another city, introduced me to her via phone and basically said, hey, boy, call her. She's expecting you to call Right, right. And, and, and was that to do it. Yeah, you better do it or else. And what's interesting about that is that phone call kind of led to us visiting back and forth. And... um I'll tell you what's even more interesting. Again, this is some ordained stuff here. Um, She was in a position in which she was doing kind of outside field auditing. So she was in her car all day, every day, right? Hey, go ahead, girl. At the the moment, at the time that I met her, I was doing pharmaceutical sales. So I was in my car all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Both of us are by ourselves in our cars all day, every day. So what did that allow us to do? Talk. Mm-hmm. Talk on the phone six to eight hours every day. <laughs> wow. Love it. Wow. Love it. You see what I'm saying? And then you're thinking, like, man, when did I ever have that kind of time? Yeah, wow. seriously. Like, wow. we look back, we're like, I be dog no, how do we eight, six? I mean, we literally. don't even talk that long now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking at you. <laughs> right, right, right. Wow. Wow. That. That's that's really powerful because and, and I and I'm glad you got you interjected, you know, the we are ordained for certain things. And I was Absolutely. having this conversation today and I was stating that sometimes God puts things in front of us mm-hmm. and you really covered a lot there because God puts things, negative things in front of us sometimes for us mm-hmm. to see. But he says, I'm going to give this to you, but you have to make a decision as I show it to you. Mm-hmm. He showed you something. You know what? I got to go the other way. You mm-hmm. can force your way and keep going that same direction. Keep bumping you your head. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but he's showing you that's not, the way to go and that's yeah. a, a once again excellent information for us to have mm-hmm. I, I told you i told you we was gonna get a lot of meat let's add some let's yeah. add some meatloaf. let's add a little meatloaf oh, now i told you let's go I told you, I told you what you was gonna get so let's let me let me get back into those conversations now okay i'll bring it a little bit further i would like to know from you guys 
what was it? Because this is a really good story because kind of similar to myself and my wife, mm-hmm. there's a, in the long distance thing, mm-hmm. there's a lot of decisions that have to be made mm. as opposed to people who are in the same town. Big time. So now you have to say like, I'm really, I'm really feeling this girl and decisions have to be made because you're very far apart. So yeah. when you're talking on the phone and again, Michelle and I can relate to this, you definitely are looking to hear certain things because this is for real. <laughs> it's not like I'm gonna meet you around the corner and go to you know go out to dinner and if it don't work out it's not a big deal. And Maisha is stating that she had it going on there and <laughs> she did. She did. She's making it happen. She still does, by the way. There you go. Yes, there you go. Yes. So, Damn. <laughs> the decisions now that you have to make and you have to hear certain things. And, and for Mike, he had been down the road, so I'm sure your ears are a little bit more in tune to what mm-hmm. you're looking to hear. So mm-hmm. speak to us a little bit from both ends. What was it that kind of made you say, you know what, this is something that we might have to actually make clearly life-changing decisions, which is, quite frankly, off the radar for most people because most people are in the same town. You mm. have an extra variation here mm-hmm. that we're in different towns and we've got to make a decision, not only in different towns, but we're making our own lives. That's another thing. That's another element that's key. You, mm. It's not like, oh, I'm not doing nothing. You get, you're getting it done. So talk about yeah, what did you hear from each other that made you say, this is for real. You want to go first or you want me to go? Okay, I got you. Um, I'm going to tell you, it's interesting. Um, When you say the the concept of distance, really, um, what helped us out was the fact that we didn't start off together and then move apart, right? I think that's where people in long distance relationships have issues because they start off dating in an area and they're used to seeing each other. Yeah, every day or every other day whatever and then somebody's job takes them away and then it goes from i see you every day to i see you once a month you know that adds a different element right, right. the blessing of our situation was it was completely long distance so our expectations were literally we're going to see each other every three to five weeks like we know that like every three to five weeks either i was flying to you you were flying to me or we were flying somewhere to meet and do some type of destination adventure you know and that's literally how we had to um how we had to operate outside of, you know, talking on the phone six to eight hours a day. Right. And so from this, and then I, and I'll also be completely transparent. You know, I, I'm, uh, I, what do you say? Frugal. I'm not cheap. Um, I'm, <laughs> what do you, what do you say? Okay. <laughs> it's all right. Tight, tight. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, tight yeah. on the dollar. Yeah, I look for value. Right? <laughs> and so, uh, but saying that, you know, when you're not, and it's not even a driving distance, like she was in Beaumont, Texas. Yeah. I was in Knoxville, Tennessee. You know, that's a flight, right? right. That's literally, yeah. I mean, that's not like you just driving two hours away. So we had to buy plane tickets to see each other. And so from an economical perspective, if I'm buying a plane ticket to fly you up to see me or I'm flying to see you, it's like, hold up. We got to make sure that it, this is this is some real stuff. This ain't Applebee's. That's you know right. what I'm saying? This ain't two for 20. And so so I will say what the distance did. It um, it made you jump on like you like like Elliot mentioned, it made you jump on or jump off really quickly because it's more of an investment that you had to make. You can't just casually kind of bum through it as you would if, again, like going to Applebee's every Friday for two for 20. You know what I'm saying? And so, so for me, the things that I was just listening for were, I was just listening for just a connection. You know, I was listening to, to someone who wanted to be in a relationship who had something about themselves, who was a kind person, you know, who had dreams, who had goals you know, someone that I could 
you know, connect with and build with. And again, our first conversations before we even physically saw each other. Wow. Right. So it was a, this, this whole concept of really building, you know, a, a friendship or some type of kindred, you know, something before even physically holding hands or touching right. or, right. you know, anything else. We, right. We're grown folks. And right. so, um, right. <laughs> and so, so that was, I mean, so for me, it was just like really just listening for just connectivity. And, and it's just like, I, I just felt it. Yes. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else yeah, to just really to say. piggyback off of that. <clears throat> I mean, just listening for sincerity and just honesty and you know, it's just a it's it was just a different even though it wasn't that long ago, but it was just a different, I guess, time where it wasn't so much of, you know, social media and so mm-hmm. many other influences and it just felt simple simpler to me then so just listening to your conversation and then kind of already knowing your family a little bit and just kind of who you are and you know just having those conversations like it forced you like he said to kind of jump on or jump off quickly and just say like okay so you know just asking questions and it's really getting to know somebody you know is totally different on the phone versus in person yes you know because you can if you talk long enough, you'll start hearing inconsistencies if there are any. And, and look, and, I, and I'm, I'm a, yeah. yeah, I'm about to say, and then and, and she's the one that watches all these, uh, my wife's murder, fine, whatever, <laughs> yeah, yeah. ID yeah. channels and yes, all them yeah. detective things. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So if your brother was trying to hide something, yes. she found, she, she, she'd, she'd have sniffed that bad boy out quick. Yes. Yes. Asking questions and like 12 different times, 12 well, different ways. You, are, you know, you have to be, a, everybody's yes. initially, you know, always skeptical, kind mm-hmm. of always like, hmm, well, what's wrong? You know, mm-hmm. like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that's my personality. I'm always like, okay, let's try to really get to the real deal here. Let's, uh-huh. you know, let's figure this out, you know. Mm-hmm. Because right. you know, you're putting yourself out there and nobody wants to put themselves out there to get hurt or disappointed right. and Absolutely. or anything like that. So yeah, I think that was the biggest thing that just really helped just talking right. all the time. And you know, it didn't seem like a long time then, but then when you think back, you're like, Wow, we did a lot of talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, a, lot <laughs> a lot. A lot. Yeah, that's true. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Now, how long were you guys talking before you actually got to physically see each other? About a month, month and a little about almost a month. Like when I called you, it was in October of 2005 and you came up in September, October. Yeah. Well, yeah. I called you in September and you came up in November. So it was like about mm-hmm. five, six weeks. Wow. And then she came up in November. Wow. And so we hung out and, and then I saw her the next weekend because you had then gone to Atlanta with your friend Kim for Thanksgiving. And then I was in Augusta. So we saw each other like that next weekend. And that was actually the first time that she got to meet my family. So she right. got unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know I mean? yeah, wow. Not wow. like, you know, just <clears throat> one person, you know, it's Thanksgiving. So it's everybody. Mm. Right. Right. Wow. So I'm like, okay, this is, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, compa- I don't know you well, you don't really know me, but I'm bringing am, you around the woods. Here I am yep. at the <laughs> table breaking bread. Yes. yes. 
and and compound that with you know my whole family's from augusta like both sides so, so it's everybody yeah so at the time like three out of four of my grandparents were still alive and mm. we had i mean cousins and uncles and aunts and my both my brothers and parents and i mean it was just like just a, a gang of Dorseys and Thurmans, <laughs> and uh, we, we was all there. And um, yeah, she she came. Well, she had her friend with her. So, I did. Yeah, she had her friend. Had me some backup. She had some backup <laughs> so she could speak if needed. But um, so she wasn't completely stuck. But, um, <laughs> but that's kind of how that first those first two interactions really went down. Wow, oh. it's really it's really interesting because out of you know, we've interviewed maybe about four or five couples now. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because all the groundwork and and I'm amazed at it as I hear the story. That's why sometimes I like hearing the stories for the first time when you guys tell us, because without fail so far, all the stories foundation is the same. The talking, the talking on the phone. We had like Mm -hmm. three couples that met on a chat line, believe Mm -hmm. it or not. Oh, wow. That's like, wow. Wow. It really is coming from, and, and also most people are saying like, I wasn't really necessarily looking for a relationship. That's right. So mm-hmm. that's really where I think the connection really kind of comes into play because yeah. it's like, I wasn't necessarily looking for this, but it's being presented to me mm-hmm. and I can't not explore this particular opportunity that I have. And I'm yeah. hearing the same thing uh, from you guys, which is great information. I'm going to, I'm going to fast forward now and get into the marriage stage. Okay. Where did we go? Where did we, well, what was your thinking when you decided, Mike and Maisha, for you as well? When did it start to think like, you know something, this is, this is going to be my wife. This is, mm, mm. is going to be my wife. What was, what was the mindset there? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how did you execute? Mm. Oh, oh, so basically how did I, how did I propose? Correct. And Maisha, yeah. how did you receive uh, the execution? <laughs> oh, that was, that was an ugly cry. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, and, okay. So take it back. Like when did I determine or really decide that this was going to be my wife? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we met in the end of 2005 and literally within about a year or so, I knew that this was something special. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we had really connected, we clicked and, um, you know, probably within a year, year and a half, I'm like, you know, we're definitely moving in that particular direction. And um, I don't know, you, you think about the same? It took me a little longer. Look, okay, it took her a little longer, but I was ready. I'm like, look. Had I'm to be ready. sure. <laughs> no, had to be sure, really sure, you yes. know, because, I mean, there is no, like, you know, I don't know, like, what you could say, you know, there's no time frame. But, I mean, it took a while just because, you know, this is a big decision, Absolutely. you know, just a big decision, and then, you know, you're – you're kind of listening to what everybody else is saying. Oh, you need to find people like your dad. And like, you know, I'm a big daddy's girl. You know, this is all these pieces coming together. So it took me probably a little longer. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> I mean, that's real. And that's real. I mean, yes. for me personally, it, it was one of those things where once I started to realize that we were really connected on a very deep level mm-hmm. and a lot of things lined up from the standpoint of our belief structure yeah. and, you know, what we were both aspiring to in life. And, you know, nobody is perfect, but you start, you think about compatibility and you think right. about synergy, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, this is a type of person that can help me to, I'm, I'm a complete person. She's a complete person, yes. but I can help to add value to what she has yes. going on. And she definitely helps to add value to me, right? Mm-hmm. And so you start to see those things and 
you start to think about like what is marriage or what is all this thing about and it's it's about being connected you know unifying as one but then it's a platform to build and build a family and um and just and, and leave a legacy and so once you started once i started to see those themes you know i started to think and really pray about you know the fact that she is the one. And I'm gonna tell you, there was a, um, a very key moment for me that happened. Um, and this what, this is what really kind of sealed the deal for me. Um, I, you know, like she mentioned she's a daddy's girl. I'm a mama's boy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the oldest of three boys, um, you know, love my mama to death, right? <laughs> and one of the, I went to a coworker's wedding and this was before we had gotten engaged. And I went to a coworker's wedding and it was interesting because the guy that got married he had almost the same situation as me. He was one of three boys. He was a mama's boy. And I mean, it was, it was ironic. I knew the lady or his wife, she was my coworker, but him, you know, he had a very similar situation to me. And when they were at the wedding reception, you know, he was kind of giving remarks and talking and he stood up and he said, you know, a lot of people ask me when I knew that my wife was the one. Mm -hmm. And he said, something that I mean I got chills up my back right now just thinking about it but Mm -hmm. he said you know I'm a mama's boy I love my mama but the moment that I realized I was comfortable and at peace with her replacing my mother as the number one woman in my life I knew it was (laughs) I knew it was time wow and literally I'm not some teary person I mean I have a little girl now so I cry a little bit but (laughs) I um (laughs) but literally I was at this wedding getting teared up and and it literally sent chills up my spine wow it was one of those things where it really finally made sense and it made me understand the the seriousness of this, yes. the importance of it. But that was kind of like that that thing, that litmus test, so to speak, as to whether or not she was the one. In that moment that I realized I was at peace with Maisha replacing my mother, oh. the most important woman in my life, was the moment that I went and bought the ring. Hey! Wow. And, um, <laughs> and it's, it wow. literally, I mean, it, it, was, it was literally that simple, but it took that moment. And I, and I share that with a lot of guys that I talk to that are getting married or mm-hmm. thinking about it. Yeah. It's like, to me, for guys, especially guys who really love their mother, that is the litmus test. Because, yeah. I mean, you think about order and everything, the moment that you take a wife, your wife, I mean, you love your mama, you know, you visit your mama, you take care of all of that, but your wife is at that moment, the most important woman in your life. And so the moment that you are ready for her to replace your mother, the most important woman in Mm. your life, the moment that you have peace with that, and it's not like some, well, one foot in, one foot out, but when you literally have peace with that Mm. is the moment that you recognize. And that's the moment that I recognize that Maisha jones was going to be maisha dorsey at some point yes you better preach that word (laughs) (laughs) and so um and yeah so so at that point you know that's that's when you know i went through my contacts and and found the 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 place that i was gonna buy the ring from and all that kind of stuff and um wow i got the ring and you know and what ended up happening she's like she mentioned before she's originally from los angeles for the engagement you know, and this was challenging too, because, you know, you have to do the formal thing of asking her parents, you know, yeah. for the hand in marriage. So I, you know, I'd call, you know, I'd call and talk to her parents every so often, you know, but it wasn't like an all the time thing because we weren't in the same city. But I, I remember, visit. Yeah, yeah, I'd go on to visit a couple of times and we had hung out and built a relationship. 
But it was one day I just called her parents and just said hello, yada, 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 and just, you know, kind of nervous. And then eventually I, you know, asked her parents, like, you know, I'd like to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. Mm -hmm. And uh, her mom and dad were on the phone at the same time. And they were like, okay, cool. And, you know, they hung the phone up. And it was the funniest thing because literally like 30 seconds later, her mom called me back. Hold up. What did you just say? Like, <laughs> so are you saying what I'm thinking you're saying? I was like, yeah. She was like, well, well have, have y'all talked about this? I was like, you know, we've had conversations about it. She's like, this isn't a surprise or anything to her. You're not just going to like spring because she, you know, her mom, her mom knows her daughter. She's like, you're not just going to spring this on her, are you? You've talked about this, right? Yeah, with that, you best discuss. <laughs> you better discuss a little bit. And I was like, you know, we've had conversations about mm-hmm. it. And, you know, she, I guess, had an inkling it was leading in that direction. Oh, yeah. And I think at that point, you know, we were. She was waiting on the ring at that point. No, yeah. I was not waiting. <laughs> yeah, you were. At that point. <laughs> we had had, con- you know, had conversations about it you know so it wasn't something foreign for mm. sure yeah <laughs> and so and so what it so her parents were like you know what i if you know if she's cool with it and you know i give you you know our blessing to to proceed and so then it was all about how do we make this thing happen long story short my whole thing was i never wanted to attach an engagement to any other holiday right mm-hmm. so i didn't want to do it on valentine's day that's typical or birthday that's typical christmas that's typical. You know what I'm saying? And she was finishing another degree. Um, and so, you know, everybody was there at that time. I was like, no, nah, she's probably expecting it then. I was. had the ring. Yeah, she was. See, she was. <laughs> okay. And I, I was, was just ready. Like, yeah, she was ready. She was like, she thought it was going to happen because her parents and her uncles and all my family was there. I was like, nope, I ain't doing Waterline it. Waterline man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she didn't even know it. I didn't had the ring for months. And, um, but like, this would have been perfect. This would have no, that up. no, it, it it ended up. Being oh, I know. Perfect. I'm just saying, but I was thinking to myself, oh, you done messed that up. <laughs> and, and so, what ended up happening? Um, there was a situation. She had, you know, a relative that wasn't, you know, wasn't feeling well out in Los Angeles, and so she wanted to go out and see them. And this was happening. This was going to happen. This was in uh, the end of April. She mentioned this, but her she was going out early May to see her relative that wasn't feeling well. So I just casually said like, hey, do you mind if I, you know, come out and hang out in LA with you that weekend? And so she was just like, yeah, it's fine. You can come out and see her too and just hang out. And so then I called her parents and let her parents know that, hey, I'm coming out when Maisha comes out on the weekend of May the 2nd, 2008. And, um, you know, that's when I'm going to do it. And they were like, okay, well, just let us know how we need to help with the situation and everything. And usually when we go, when we were dating, every time we went somewhere, we would do some type of adventure. Like we take a, you know, a ride in something or go to a park or go to some amusement, something, or do some tours something or whatever. Different, something you know. different. You know, we had to make it an adventure because we don't see mm-hmm. each other often. Mm-hmm. And so when we met out in Los Angeles that weekend of, uh, you know, May the 2nd, 2008, I had hooked up a helicopter ride around downtown Los Angeles. And so she was just thinking like, you know, this is just something typically that we do, you know, when we go to different places. And I had the ring hidden in one of my outside pockets that she couldn't see. So the people came and picked us up from her parents' place and took us. And we did like this little tour. They took us over the Hollywood Hills in a helicopter. And, you know, it was kind of cool. And before we landed, you know, I was asking her about the trip, how you like, you know, the helicopter ride and this view of LA, which you're not used to, even though, you know, you're from there. And she was just like, oh yeah, I like it. And I said, well, do you love me? She was just like, yeah, I love you. Come on. 
And um, <laughs> so I was like, well, will you marry me then? And then she was just like, huh? Just that casually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she was just like, huh? And so then I pulled the ring out of my pocket, and then I got the ugly cry. (laughs) That's what I was looking for. (laughs) Totally off guard. Um, Totally off guard. And that's the point. It's memorable because it was off guard. Had it happened at Christmas or your birthday or graduation or Valentine's Day, that would have been like, okay, not expected. But- you know, in the midst of a helicopter ride over LA, you got proposed to. And nice. That's how we rolled. And then her parents had hooked up a little engagement, engagement party. party. Yeah, my mm. grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. So all the family house. was there once we got back and everything, which was really nice. Yeah. Yes. That is nice. tasty. Yeah. I love it. That's I super. It. That's super. <laughs> let, me, let me say something, ladies and gentlemen, about this this couple so far. <laughs> this day to me are super impressive because. You know, I listen very, very intently to everything that they're telling me. And I, and I, as, you know, as a married couple, as a man who observes, you know, modern society and seeing people get together, one of the challenges that I think a lot of people have today is forming their own independence. Mm. And this is a couple that was able to do that. And believe it or not, that's kind of a challenge to do because mm-hmm. when two people have formed their own independence, they're not necessarily like, oh, I have to attach to somebody else because of security. They have that on their own. So yeah. to be able to have that and then say, you know what, we're going to make that connection. And, and, and Mike talked about that when he said, I needed somebody to add value to myself. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy thing for people who feel as though I established my own mm-hmm. identity. I have it, mm-hmm. I have it all. Mm-hmm. And then for him to still say, no, no, I need this lady in my life mm-hmm. to help me further who I am. That to me is so unbelievably impressive. I have have to to say, I mean, now I I can't take all the credit at that point in my mid twenties saying that I needed value. And, you know, I'm speaking as this almost 40 year old now, the hindsight's 2020. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes you don't know what you actually need. Yes. But you know that I need this thing right here. You yes. know what I'm saying? And, and maybe I, at that moment, if you had asked me 15 years ago, however long was it, 14 years ago when we first met? Um, if you had asked me 14 years ago to articulate it, I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't. It sounded anything, no, for either one of us, wouldn't it sound anything like that? Yes. Yeah. But yeah. hindsight's 2020 for a reason. You know, yes. you look back yes. at it, right? But you and know, so- a lot of times I think what happens is that we don't see it because you could have gone the other way, and which no, I absolutely. see that a lot, where people will say like, I'm already established. I don't need this other person. Mm-hmm. And then, especially when you have two people that are established, mm-hmm. that becomes a critical thing. I see this a lot. Where it's two people who are established and got, you know what? She thinks she's all of that. And so do I. So we probably yeah, went right. a different <laughs> direction. So mm-hmm. even though I get, I get what you're saying. You know, when we're younger, we don't see it as that. Mm-hmm. But there's something in your mental makeup and there's mm-hmm. something in my issues mental makeup that you were able to identify that. If somebody asked you to explain it, no. But there's <laughs> something that you saw, like, yeah. like you just said, I need this in my life. Absolutely. But that's impressive. You know, I just wanted to point that out to you guys and, and, and definitely say that to me is A1 plus <laughs> outstanding. You know what I mean? I really, I really, really am impressed by that. So let me, let me, let me get into the marriage part of it. Because again, there's okay. so much you guys have. How did you manage the, the distance part and how did you come to the decision of where you were going to stay? 
Ooh. Well, honestly, that was just by default. Because, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, she that was... That wasn't the big challenge. Like okay. that, yeah, just because I had transitioned into education at that point. And so it was just easier for me to switch locations and to get a job. Mm-hmm. Right? And I tried. Like, I mean, yeah. literally, while we were dating... I, uh, you know, I'd applied for positions and gone on interviews and stuff in Texas. And so I was open to relocating to Texas, but that just was not where we were supposed to be, right. so, uh, yeah. you know? And so literally, and, and to Maisha's point, you know, I will say also, you know, there was another caveat in the whole engagement process that I would be remiss if we didn't talk about a little bit, because this again, just kind of leads to <clears throat> the woman that she is and, you know, the resiliency that she has. You know, we got engaged in May of 2008. That year prior to that, she was doing an alternative certification to get certified as an, a teacher because she felt called to go into education. Mm-hmm. So prior to that, she became certified as a teacher. We got engaged in May of 2008. And then that fall, she started teaching, you know, for the first time, like first time in school or whatnot. But I'll also say around that time, Hurricane Ike struck again in Beaumont. Yeah, a different I hurricane. Which one it was. Yeah, I think it was Hurricane Ike. Oh, that one. Okay. Yep. So Hurricane Ike struck down in Beaumont, Texas. So she had just gotten engaged. She just started teaching, and Hurricane Ike came through. Had a had bought a new house. Mm-hmm. And it completely destroyed her townhouse. Wow. And I was living in Knoxville, Tennessee. So she's engaged planning a wedding in Los Angeles, where she's originally from. Her mother was handling, you know, being the point person. She had just started teaching, and then she was displaced from her house from that point forward after Hurricane Ike came that fall. So all of this was going on in the midst of planning a wedding and preparing (laughs) to unite with this brother that she had gotten to know, that she's learned to love, but it's in a totally different city. Mm -hmm. So... So she dealt with all of that in this process. And that showed me a lot about who she was from a a perseverance perspective of being able to deal with all of that. And me being helpless, being, you know, a 12 hour drive away, you know, I I couldn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? Aside from periodically fly in town and, you know, pull up some carpet or whatever. I mean, that's about all I could do. And so, um, so it showed me a lot about who she was and, that was confirmation because that was after we had gotten engaged. So that was confirmation that I was on the right track to making the right decision by yes. attaching myself to this woman. Yes, sir. Come on, it man. Right. It was already <laughs> tests before we even got married. It was all these tests, you know, just, you know, all these things beforehand are just kind of preparing you, you know, just for life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Life. Very, very mm-hmm. much so. But, but but back to what you were saying about the marriage, though. So what allowed us to move to Knoxville was just the fact that, you know, I was working, she was in education, and it was easy for her to transfer from right. one state to the other and gain employment pretty easily. And then right. I, you know, already had a house here, too. So it was pretty much, I mean, the most logical move right. at the moment to um to go in that direction. So that's how we chose to live here. That's funny you guys mentioned that because as you're telling that story, I'm looking at my husband. I'm like, that sounds like you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I was in Florida and he was in New York and mm-hmm. he was willing to come down to Florida, but 
nothing was panning out mm-hmm. being in nursing school and becoming a nurse wow i can go anywhere that's yeah. right i ended up coming back home to new york mm-hmm. wow. and it was because of my honey bun yes oh look at that look at y'all <laughs> <laughs> so cute look at y'all <laughs> so now as you guys you're you're married now mm-hmm. so this is, we have a session on uh, You Gotta Love Love podcast where we talk about add-ons. And that's kind okay. of the series where we talk about because we realize that add-ons in marriage are critical. Things mm-hmm. that we, uh, in the beginning, look at as being, a, not that it's not great, but things that we're really excited about. When you do it, you realize like, whoa, this is a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> things like children, things wow. like careers, mm. things like mortgages, etc. So for you guys, you guys already have established careers. So let's let's look at that first, you know, and, and remember all of these things that you're saying. You guys actually had to deal with this early on, but mm-hmm. doing all of this now, and we still have to make time for each other. Absolutely. So speak to us a little bit about, from a career standpoint, how do you guys manage all that you manage career-wise? Mm. Still make sure that we have that special time to keep that bond burning, keep those mm. fires in the log. You know what I mean, as you oh, say. Yeah. We're adults here, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, hey, keep the party going, man. You know how it is. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, it, it all comes back down to prioritization. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really have to, you prioritize things that are important to you. For me, having a strong marriage is extremely important to me. Mm-hmm. You, know, I, you know, I'm the, you know, and, and it's funny, like, you know, we've had various trials and tribulations and all of that. You know, I was in pharmaceutical sales for, a number of years, you know, early on in our marriage. And it was funny because every time she got pregnant, I seemed to lose a job, right? Yeah. It was just, it was, yeah, it was becoming no a bad trend. Yeah, it's like every time she got pregnant, like, oh, layoff coming, you know, yeah. Yeah. it was um, that type of thing. So, I mean, but you, you know, you well, kind of- be- Well, in the beginning, it wasn't hard mm-hmm. to spend time together because it was only us. So, mm-hmm. get off from work, you know, we didn't, cook at home or if we did we picked up something on the way like mm-hmm. it was just already put in place for us to hang out and spend time like it, it, it didn't require extra effort yes uh-huh. yes but that that changes you know two years in you right. have your first kid and yes, sir. two two Ooh. years later you have your second kid <laughs> yes, sir. and so i mean those those things do add different dynamics now granted they're blessings and all of that love them love them to death but them little boogers listen yes (laughs) they throw a monkey wrench in plans don't they yes Uh, (laughs) speak to it talk to us talk to us about that that's the next question so go ahead and take it yeah and so so to that point i mean i'm gonna tell you that that i mean even to this day our kids are five and seven that is a challenge because you know as they mature and get older and get into sports and other little activities and stuff at the church and after school this and whatever that you know you start running around like a chicken with your head cut off so to speak. you and, and one of the things is you start to blink and you're just like hold up it was like yesterday we had two in diapers, right? Yeah. And you're blinking now, and now they're telling us what they're going to do and what they're <laughs> not going to do. Yeah. And then we're going to blink again, and one will be talking about driving and right. whatever. We're going to blink again, and we're empty nesters. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Okay. And so the thing that this, this challenge, not challenging, but the thing that is so real to me is really understanding how fast time moves mm-hmm. and we don't slow down and embrace the moments yes. we're going to blink and all this stuff is going to be over. Yes. And it's just me and her again, 
like it was when we first got married, which is cool. I'm right. I'm cool with that. I used to it. Yeah. Like you're like, yeah. yeah. But I don't want to miss out on all the stuff in between either. Yes. Man. You it's know, it's like balance, you know, it's just you wanna spend time, but then you don't want to miss out on your kids, you know. Yes. I have to say I am not a great I mean, I don't prioritize date night like that. And he's much better about that than I am. Cause I'm just like, man, I'm gonna get this nap when I can, you know. <laughs> Like, I'm, no, I'm, good. I'm good. Are the kids you want to get a babysitter? No, I'm just gonna, you know, put them on the tablet real quick. Let me catch, you know, catch a nap. Just right, you know. And so he does a better job of that than I do. And I like like it's not important, but it's just not as convenient to do mm, all the time. That's me. You know, and so it's just it is a balance, you know, just you don't want to miss out on your kids, but your kids need a break. Mm-hmm. Yes, so they do. Just they like need to they see do. you two together mm-hmm. and having fun and going out. Like kids need to see that. So you know, mm-hmm. that'd be a goal. This, this I, year. And, and, that's, and that's and that's honestly that's an area of opportunity for yeah. us to grow and develop because again, this is a work in progress. You can read every book in the world about marriage. Mm-hmm. You can listen to every interview about marriage. You can go and have all the mentors in the world, but. Until it's sitting in your face, mm. and you have to uh, mm. actually like, okay, it's a night in which, okay, last night, you know, one of the kids wasn't feeling well, so none of us slept well, mm. and, right. and you had a long day doing this, and then, you know, the spouse over here keeps nudging me in the middle of the night for um, some, some attention, and mm. it's just like, what you gonna do, right? Mm. It's just like, those, <laughs> those, yeah. those things, I mean, that's, that's the real part of it that mm. I mean, people talk about, but it, it, you don't understand it until yes. you experience it. Yes. Right? Yes. And then, you know, but then, but then you love your spouse. It's like you want to give your spouse everything that they need and more. It's like you want to be everything to them. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, on a personal level, you're limited in what you can provide personally because you're just like, you're stretched. You yes. know what I'm saying? So, yes. you know, but I think that I was listening to an interview on a podcast and this cat said something that was extremely powerful to me. And it was about prioritizing things, but then having conviction in how you operate. And he said to minimize the gray area, to minimize not, you know, dealing with things that you're not excited about. He said, my new policy is if it's not a heck yes, it's a no. Yes. And I was just like, you know, that was powerful. It's just like, how do we operate like that within our relationship? Meaning like, what, how can we just be fired up or we can just be like, yo, it ain't happening. You know, it's either or. It's like not none of this in the middle, okay, right. kind of, sort of, woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's like, no, it's either we fire it up or we're going to sleep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and so that's something that, you know, again, area of opportunity, you know, we're not perfect. We're, we don't have all of this stuff figured out. It's a work yes. in progress. Yes. You know, if y'all got some tips, we'll take them. Yes. You know, we're learning right there. We do. Everybody, everybody, yeah, learning. Yeah. That's, that's why we learning. do You Gotta Love Love podcast. And that's why it's, mm-hmm. this is such a great forum for me. Because mm-hmm. each time that we do this, I'm learning each and every time. Mm-hmm. And hopefully mm-hmm. people, sometimes I find that these questions are powerful as I ask. Because a lot of times people are like, you know, so I never really thought about about it it, actually asking me that question and so you kind of learn those things even about yourself that's why you know i love to do this podcast and and you know for you guys i know i had an idea about you know the image of you guys because of the your podcast mike Mm -hmm. and i and i want to kind of close it out with with this and this is a big one and you guys kind of actually touched on it a few minutes ago 
I enjoy this podcast because I think it's setting a tone and an example mm. that is so needed in today's society because mm. I think that the family structure is so damaged in mm. today's society. That's why we're seeing all the ills and the problems that we have is directly related to that. And we're not recognizing that fact. And I think one of the reasons why we're not recognizing that fact is because we become so diluted to the, the image of family that people are like, this doesn't exist. What mm. you guys are talking about does not exist. But that's why I want people to come on here to be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And for both of you guys, again, you're tremendous, tremendous examples. So even in, you know, um, correspondence, even what you talk about on the show, talk about the importance of the example for your kids to see. Because I think it's so important. Mm. We can talk to them till we blew in the face. But <laughs> just what you said, just the example a lot of times is critical whether you whether for us as men i have two boys but even for daughters you're showing them you know what how are you going to treat your your, your future husband mm-hmm. these are things that without you can tell them but the example that they see from us is so volumes. speaks volumes mm-hmm. the, let me you'll share something real quick the first time that i spoke to mike on the phone mm-hmm. and i never i never told him this mm-hmm. it's <laughs> because i think we spoke about eight o'clock at night Mm-hmm. And I re- and it's just, it's not a big deal, but to me it was. And I remember hearing Mike washing dishes and putting and putting <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, yo. And for me, it was like, you know what? That's powerful because it's showing me right there that he's with his family. Yeah, we we we, we tend to the business, mm-hmm. but at the same yeah. time, I'm still here with my family, and I'm Absolutely. taking care. Whatever I have to do, I can hear the water going and I hear the dishes in the way. I didn't say nothing, but right uh-huh. then I knew like this dude right here. This is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's a pleasure to go on the show and talk about it because I know that that's real. Mm-hmm. So speak about that, you know, what the importance is as an example, first and foremost to our children and to society, to, to, society, to each mm-hmm. other as a couple mm-hmm. and to our peers. Mm-hmm. How important is this family structure that you guys are building? In, and I believe, in my opinion, are a great example. You know, people, or especially with your kids, you know, rarely do they do everything that they're told, mm-hmm. Right. But there's a very strong likelihood that they will try and or repeat what they see. And that is very indicative of the fact that we really have to do a big service to them by setting the example. You know, it's not, you know, you know, we're in a different age now. So our kids are five and seven, so they don't have phones and access to Google and all that stuff yet. But it's coming, you know, in the next few years more than likely we're gonna hold off as long as possible but it is coming and when kids have access to information and technology you know gone are the days in which you can just say well because i said so because they can now pull their phone out and say like hold up man you told me this is the thing but i got a different answer here daddy you know what i'm saying and so you it used to be like our parents could say boy you do this why because i said so I'm oh like, yeah, and we had no way to verify whether that was true. We weren't mm-hmm. gonna verify. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't gonna, gonna verify. Do it. Not gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> but now you know, it's just like you have to, you know, because things can be verified and there's records of this and that. You know, you have to really make your actions map to the things that you say. And so I think that's so important in regards to how we operate. I can't just say, "Oh, I love my wife." You know, they need to see me kiss my wife. They need to see us hugged up on the sofa. They need to see us 
go out on date nights. They need to see us, you know, showing affection for each other so that they don't just equate mommy and daddy saying stuff to being lip service. They're like, no, this thing means something. So when I do embark on a serious relationship, you know, these are the things that I see as normal, right? Because the reality is, you know, what's normal to you are the things that you experience with mm-hmm. or the things that are you're exposed to. It's your environment. So if you come from an environment in which there's abuse and verbal this and physical that and all these different things going on, you know, for a lot of kids, you know, they end up thinking that those types of things are reality, right? Mm-hmm. And inadvertently, some of them end up seeking those things because that's what's normal to them. Mm-hmm. And so and, and so when you start seeing and, you know, reading scary statistics about like the number of, you know, children that get abused and the number of things that go on and the, all of this stuff, you're just like, man, yeah. I mean, those are just average numbers from random situations. Yeah. You know, I want to make sure that we at least set the tone so that our kids have the highest probability of positive success in life, you know, as it pertains to their attainments and their relationships and their impact and their health and their spiritual well-being and growth and, you know, just, just everything, you know, you want to give them a fighting shot to be the best. And, you know, granted, we're not perfect. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I've, I've done stupid on top of stupid, right? We've all done that. I probably assume. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the thing is, I still want them to know that I'm not perfect, but yet that, you know, perfection is not a requirement for greatness. You know what I'm saying? So you can still be great and not be perfect, but I want you to strive for greatness. And so I think we have to set Mm -hmm. that tone um, for the kids. But then I also... I'm not looking for us to be perfect, but making mistakes and showing like, oh man, you know, mommy and daddy really messed that up. You know, it's showing like, okay, it's okay to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm learning from that. And then just to have healthy relationships with Mm -hmm. people. Like, Mm -hmm. what does it mean to be a friend? What does it mean to, you know, just have healthy mental situations like you know you are we we do get upset but you know we don't go to blows with each other Mm -hmm. you know we talk about it you know and it's okay to have these different feelings and thoughts and emotions because that's normal mental health you know that's Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. the normal way you know that's the way you're why you're supposed to have a range of emotions but how to work through that you know if you know, if I get upset about something, learning how to talk about a certain situation or learning how to do things, you know, just shows them too that, you know, everybody's human and this is how you you are to act, mm-hmm. you know, in society. And there's so many negative things out there, you know, and like he was saying, they don't have exposure, but their friends, even like in the second grade, talk about just, you just mm-hmm. wouldn't believe the things mm-hmm. that our daughter comes home and she's asking us, Cause she's Ooh. already gotten right the street mm-hmm. version of whatever. Yeah, right, right, she's wow. Us for like, okay, translate this for me. Help me figure this out. So mm-hmm. at least I think having a strong foundation at home, at least you know, it opens the door for her to have conversation from for our son too. You know, just to be comfortable in coming to their parents and talking about things, and you know, just processing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's big. No yeah. question. That's that's that's. Listen, you guys, A one plus. <laughs> Learning. We working at it. Plus, as as we know, all are. As, as we, we all, all are, are. You know, like you said, I really appreciate that that fact because you know, 
arguments and disagreements is part of it. That's part of the whole thing, you know, for our children to see that that happens. You know, you don't hide that. Absolutely. Um, mommy and daddy had a disagreement. We don't agree, agree on this. And we're going to figure it out. And that's just part of life. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the, um, you know, examples that we want to show. And, and again, mm-hmm. I really, really applaud you guys. I think that you are definitely front runners. Your story is a front runner. And I really, really, you know, appreciate you guys definitely, you know, coming on here. It was really, really great, great, great stuff. Um, we're going to talk a little, talk, tell them about um, Mike's podcast. Well, I'm going to have Mike tell them about his podcast. So that was my next question. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 to wind things down, Mike, I wanted you to, to give everyone an um, overview of what uh, Black Fathers Now podcast is. I enjoy the podcast, guys. That's one of the ones I'm sus- I'm subscribed to. Um, awesome. Pops up every week. I'm in the middle of this week's one, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm trying to get through it. But you know, I love I love the podcast. I love it. So awesome! awesome. <laughs> I appreciate. You're it. You're doing a great job. So tell the people what it is and how to connect to it and subscribe because you all need to subscribe. I'm just telling you that now. Thank you so very very much. <laughs> Um, and I appreciate it. Um, you know, the, the title of the podcast is called Black Fathers Now. And the concept of Black Fathers Now is bringing the village to the brothers. You know, when you listen to the old African proverb of, of it takes a village to raise a child, sometimes we omit that every strong and successful adult also has a village behind them, mm-hmm. right? But inadvertently, we don't always have, we don't always live in those villages. We might not live in that community in which we physically have the historical quote unquote village at our disposal, but we are living in 2019 where you have technology at your disposal. Mm -hmm. So there's really, and like we mentioned before, like with our dating process, we started dating prior to Skype and FaceTime and Instagram and all these different social media outlets. But now because of technology, because of this podcast that we're on now, we can reach millions of people around the world at any given moment. Mm-hmm. And so we have the ability to bring the village to the brothers. And so with Black Fathers Now, the goal is, you know, I have, you know, little snippets or wisdom nuggets that I drop every other week. But then in between that, every other week, I also do an interview, like I interviewed my man, Elliot, this is probably what, four months ago or so, three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I interview various brothers from around the world and we talk about their journey. We talk about their story, but then we also tie it back to how their journey, how their story, how the obstacles they've overcome or challenges or, you know, even the successes they've had, how that all impacts them as a father. Mm-hmm. And the whole goal is to really share the journeys and the stories of various brothers with the hope of inspiring the brothers listening and the ladies too, listening to gain something, to take action on something and apply it to their life right now. Hence the title black fathers now. And so, um, you, you can, you can catch it at blackfathersnow.com. You can, you know, all the various podcast listening apps, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, iHeartRadio. Amazon Alexa, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can listen, subscribe, download the podcast and and share it out, you know, and leave comments. I mean, we would definitely love to have the folks listening to this episode to check out Black Fathers Now. And and also let me know if you listen that you you heard about us on the Gotta Love Love podcast with with the Allens from New York, York. from New York. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big New York accent. Big New York accent. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
Yes, sir. I love it. Yes, sir. So, guys, I'm telling you, it really is a great podcast. And yes, it's Black Fathers now, but as you all know, you know, I was the person that connected Mike mm-hmm. to my husband. And Absolutely. It. So it's definitely not just meant for fathers. It's definitely meant for the the females in their lives to listen and you may be the female that's gonna have not you should be the female but (laughs) that's gonna direct your your loved one um Mm -hmm. to the podcast as i did with my husband so definitely you know for your husband for your grandfather for your brother whoever it may be that can need that encouragement um in this world and we all can use encouragement so yes 24 7 yes we need it listen so yeah guys we appreciate you for coming on thank you once again you know team allen loves team dorsey oh for sure and if team allen is ever down anything hey yeah holla at us y'all are down here in tennessee at home yeah but we have to come back where were the we were there there two years ago we was in uh rock city okay Oh yeah. yeah, that's down towards Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Yes. Chattanooga. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only about an hour away. Yeah. Okay, see, yeah, so we said we wanted to come back and the kids are asking to go back. Yes, so. yes. Um, we will definitely be when back. When we do that, we'll definitely link up. With Most you definitely. Yes. We will do that. Yes. So, you got to love, love people. I, I thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Like I said, please listen and subscribe to Mike's podcast, Black Fathers Now. Also do the same for our podcast. <laughs> Gotta love, love. Like and subscribe and share. Um, we thank you guys for coming on. If you need any questions answered, you're trying to contact us, any of the events we got going on. As we're taping this, we're getting ready for um, our couple's night of love that's going to happen this weekend. Um, the next couple night of love is going to be happening in September, and that'll be our one year of doing the event. So we're really excited about that. We also have the Family Fun Challenge coming up in May, and then we're planning the Parents Appreciation Day in October. As soon as I get the dates for September and October, I will give you the exact dates. I just don't like to quote things until I put a deposit down and work <laughs> <laughs> That's what's you up. understand that, right? Okay. <laughs> So, um, you know, anything in terms of that I mentioned and you want to look it up or, you know, just get more research about it, go to our website, www.mentalconditioningmovement.com. If you have any questions or feedback you want to give us, or if you're interested in coming on the podcast, we love to talk and chit chat. As you can tell, you can contact us through that same website, www.mentalconditioning.com. Until next week, y'all be blessed. Okay.